0: Welcome to another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. Actually, this show might be Mike Fruitman's Sports Card Insights. Mike Fruitman is here with me. He's going to—he's one of our uh, distinguished sponsors, and I'm going to allow the tables to be turned, and he's going to interview me. Uh, we've been friends for a while, but not decades like some of the other sponsors and other friends in the hobby. Uh, this. Uh, we're here at the National this year. It's Mike's first National, even though he's been very involved in the industry. It's my 40th, which it's, it's only been 40, so I've made all the Nationals. So I just thought it'd be interesting for Mike to ask me some questions, because we don't have as much history as some of the others. Uh, Rich Klein asked me some questions, but I've known Rich for 40, 40 years. So, um, But we've got other great sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Burbank Sports Cards, I'm sitting here with Mike uh, Fruitman of Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Com C, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. So, again, thanks to our sponsors that uh, help us to bring these episodes to you. They're short and sweet. And uh, so I'm wondering what questions Mike wants to ask me in this uh, 12 to 15-minute interview.
1: So, Mike... Welcome and fire away. <laughs> so, all right, in the service of time here. So, when did you open your card store? A lot of people don't even know. Seventy nine. So, so what was it like opening a card shop in nineteen seventy nine? Actually,
0: it must have been eighty. Yeah, nineteen eighty. All right. There was already a, a shop open. It was my my the first guy I ever met in the hobby that was in the national hobby was Gervis Ford, who was the 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 number one collector in the in the Dallas area. and He and I started a collecting club back in seventy three or seventy four, and and uh, organized the first shows there in, in that time frame. And then I moved away for a while. And when I came back in the summer of eighty, he had a card shop, and he said, "You know, I mean, we had a we had a, we were close friends and a lot of trust. We we'd done a lot of uh, uh, hobby stuff together, and we're just it just was a great guy. So he said, I, I could use some help. My wife is thinking that." Working every Saturday at the car shop would be, <laughs> would be not uh, uh, the way she'd like me to spend my time. So if you come in and you could put in some stuff, so I didn't put any money in, I just put in some inventory that I had from being a show dealer, and uh, so we traded off weekends and did stuff. And I was single at that time, so I didn't get married till another year later. So you know, I was still I'd done annual price guides and the price surveys, but you know, again, I the the, the magazines were. Uh, on, on the distant horizon, but it was fun. It was fun, and to have a card shop and have the people come in, I, I really know what you're saying. That was, I mean, people haven't changed that much. I mean, the, the complexity of the industry is so much greater. But we were like you, a, pretty much a pure card shop, and but unlike you, we really made a lot of money off commons. Of course, in those <laughs> days, that was there, there
1: wasn't it uh, was just tops at, at that point. So, you, so you bring up that we're at the national, and so so how did. The first national. How did people find out about it? I mean, forty years ago. The, well, the first national.
0: Uh, you know, Gavin Riley and Steve Bruner and Mike Burkus uh, were uh, uh, were promoters. I'd, I'd met Gavin in whatever seventy four or something, and, and he lived in uh, in the, one of the suburbs of Los Angeles. Had a fabulous collection, and met Bruner and Burkus uh, somewhere around that time too. They were they were uh, big collectors and promoters in the L.A. area, and so I was going to those kind of things. And so in nineteen. 19- Seventy nine, eighty, somewhere in that time frame, they floated the idea of a truly national show. Of course, it was going to start out in L A., but they, there, there was uh, their, their shows were doing well, and so we actually put on the inside cover of our of uh, our uh, first price guide, uh, we gave them a free ad and just said, "Look, this it's I, like I've said, I think you're a paid forward guy too. I mean, I just thought this is going to if this thing doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But if it does work, I don't know that I envisioned it would get as big as it got. But it's it's been a it's been a fabulous fabulous thing. So that, that that's my small part in that. Aside from being uh, you know buddies with those guys and encouraging them, and doing some trade out ads. We when once Beckett publications got going, we we hit, we had booths and and
1: uh, you know tried to help it be strong. So you were doing the publications, but then I mean when your magazine became more so, what was that transition like?
0: Uh, well, I mean I couldn't. Once the magazine got going, I really couldn't be involved in the card shop anymore. So I divested. By that time, Wayne Grove, my other good buddy, there was 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 there. So we weren't. It wasn't me leaving Gervis in the lurch, but uh, so Wayne was there, and there there were other employees. But so I extracted from that. Same thing with the um, you know being a show dealer. I couldn't. I really didn't. I haven't done shows since the seventies. As a as a as a card seller, I love trading. I love selling. I love buying, but. It's hard to—it's just a perception of a conflict if you're if you're uh, pricing cards and gathering data, but in the meantime you're you're buying and selling. So we had pretty strict policies for
1: our employees. The, the stories—you know, being in Colorado, basically being on an island all those years before getting a chance to meet you. The stories—the rumor mill was I incredible. You're on a mountain. You're on an island. Now? Well, it's surrounded by less inhabited states, but but. You know the stories that, excuse me, the rumor would be great. Like, oh, so Don Mattingly rookies went up by two dollars this month. Yeah. I bet he bought a thousand of them last month, and now he's he's got two thousand dollars more. The the stories about you that you got to be pr- approached about. What's if you had to like talk a story? Like, what's your what's the best question somebody's asked you as like an inside question? Well, no, this is just they,
0: they they there's rumors, you know. But I, I that I, that not only I just had that one store which I divested from, and and that was I thought common knowledge, but that. It became a chain of stores. <laughs> okay. So it was all and I'm not sure how they were branded because I'm not even sure what they're talking about. But just rumors just have a way of of uh taking on a life of their own. But I love I love the hobby and it, it really was, it did require personal discipline to say I'm, I and and again it wasn't just me, it was for our employees that We there was a you once the uh, editorial debt and the deadline for the price guide was on one day and the magazine didn't come out for a few days after that even though we tried to get really accelerated printing and distribution if there were a number of days in there our employees couldn't be out there buying what was going to be going up and and again it was if you bought one for your personal collection. That'd be hard to police, but the thousand Mattinglys to make to make two bucks on each one—if uh, it, it, people thought about it—just doesn't even make that much sense. But we tried really hard, and, and I had great, great uh, teammates who really understood that we were in a position of public trust. And, and you just—not you, only that—you couldn't even tell. I mean, you, you weren't—you you couldn't couldn't tell your your cousin or your best friend <laughs> that hey, the Mattingly's going up next month. of trading. But many of the, uh, you know, in hindsight, I'm thinking, well. When Mattingly in '84, '85, in, in that time frame, when he was that hot. It was kind of obvious it was going up because more people were coming into the industry, and and uh, and, and he
1: was a he was a great inspirational player playing for an iconic team. So the ma- the magazine is obviously part of your legacy, and, and, and as it, somebody who still sells it, I still sell Beckett magazine. It's it's right inside the door there. So when people collect these days. I, I'm kind of perceived to be a dinosaur by still carrying Beckett. The people who buy them are if, typically... If you're a dinosaur, what does that make me? Uh, a fellow dinosaur. <laughs> I think I'm previously extinct. Dinosaur. <laughs> you cannot patrolling me. out of retirement. This is not Jurassic Park, though, right? This is La Brea yeah, my, over my, my, here. My,
0: okay. La Brea <laughs> Okay. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know
1: about this. So I still sell it, and I still look every time Every time there's a new football guy, I still look to see what the, what the L.A. does. And actually, interestingly enough, the, the Ken Grevy Jr. 89 upper deck went from $40 to $50 in the last two issues or so, and I, and I still notice that. So right now, so much of the market isn't, quote-unquote, Beckett Magazine anymore. It's eBay's comps. So it, it, is there it's just a natural progression it's more immediate response and and for collectors, of course, they want to use eBay because they want me to match a price that ended at three in the morning with a guy whose feedback is eight because it works in their favor <laughs> but is there any part of you who, who not not from the sales, not from the amount that gets old, but kind of wishes it was still the magazine. Or are you happy with how things are going in terms of research? Is that a thing? Or well, it's just it's just uh, things have evolved. I
0: mean, there's uh, Beckett uh, Media puts out uh, print publications, which uh, people like having something in their hand, and it's it's well organized. There's books, there's magazines, but there's also an online price guide. Uh, you can get the Beckett Marketplace. You could dig into there and see if something's available there, and that's an actual price. From a from a real dealer, there's Comc and there's eBay, and I, I just I don't begrudge anybody that if if they are addicted or they have this collecting bug <laughs> uh, to whatever degree, they they should uh, try to see what uh, some sense of what something is worth, and uh, uh, to look at more than one source. I, I have no problem with that. I think that's that's uh, that's smart, and if they can talk you in to uh, getting you to lower your price based on a a, a comp that's not a comp, it's like. Uh, and Rob bears has this philosophy, but there's, there's a, in real estate, it's location, location, location. For a card, it could be location, location, location as well because the card may sell for a different price based on the location where it is. So if it's on eBay coming out of a, a, a seller or a distressed sale or, or a, a somebody with, with negative feedback or right. whatever, I mean, there could be, there's just different prices based on the, the circumstances. Uh could be an auction where something was misprinted or um sure. or, uh, so, but you need to know your stuff, and uh, our price guides always tried to be monitoring what's going on. Where willing and knowledgeable sellers are selling to willing and knowledgeable buyers, and so there's going to be some crazy prices out there on either end that we would uh, try to try to throw out as not being representative. Uh, but you know, back in the day, there were a lot of transactions. Uh, the hard part is getting prices
1: for stuff that that is very thinly traded. Okay. So as a getting to know you, I've, I became aware you're you're a bit of a pirates fan. I'm thinking back, you had a Topps Heritage card. Yes. So, and it's got you wearing the the pirates hat. So was that, was that in a pack or was that a special run or what was that? It actually was it a pack and it was a special run.
0: Okay. They made uh, a bunch of them and I, I still have some, but they made a bunch of them and they were inserted in the magazines. Okay. Okay. So that's why you could see the fan favorite version uh, that was put in the magazine. Then the ones that were in the packs were certified autographs. And those are tough. Those are tough. And they gave me a a, a couple of those. But that was my my hefty fee that I got was I got a few of of my own signature, which now I realize (laughs) those are certified autographs. But if I want to autograph my fan favorite card for somebody, they have to get it authenticated. If I autograph it myself, (laughs) I have to get it authenticated. Something does not seem right about that, especially when I go to Beckett Authentication services, <laughs> the autographs. Uh, they give me a a they they supposedly give me a, bit, a best customer price, but that price is not zero for me to authenticate my own autograph on my own card. But that was fun. It was fun seeing. It's actually a vertical money's jersey that I was wearing. He's actually yeah, wow I, uh, wow. So that was fun, and you know, so I just I forget whether they came down. I guess they came down, and did a photo shoot or something.
1: That's fun. So in, and, in football, you always see the you hear talk about the coaching tree. So there's the Bill Parcells coaching tree and all the disciples go on to, yep. to do any number of things. You, you have a pretty impressive uh, Beckett tree or Beckett coaching tree. <laughs> I don't know if we're all coaches. I'm trying to be the coach, but they're, they're players. They're all-stars. We
0: had a fabulous kind of a dream team, if I think back in the day. That, and so I'm really proud of the guys. I mean, I think they were uh, uh, sharp when they came and, and, uh, and, and sharp when they left. And so many of them stayed in the industry. There are not that many jobs in this industry. But there's uh, there, there's former employees of of mine of our company that are at every card company I
1: think it wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I think it's, every card company. I think some of my best friends in the industry. You've got Bill Sutherland. You've got Dave yeah, Slipka. Yeah. And and it seems like it's, it's I, some great guys. If I would hire anybody in the world, and, and I would I would hire somebody work for Chick fil A because they always get yeah. the my, my pleasure and they, <laughs> yeah. they genuinely. I don't know if it's ingrained or whether they really feel it, but the guys you've brought on, I, I, the, the people I know at least, they, it seems like they all catch a bit of you. Well,
0: we basically. Uh, when we were hiring back in the day, uh, we, you weren't looking for experience because there was no experience in the beginning. We, they, nobody could say, well, I've already worked for this other... There was no other comparable. And so we basically hired for ability but also attitude, kind of equal parts. If somebody didn't have the right attitude, they weren't a team player, they didn't have their own sense of initiative, their own sense of uh, of ethics, then uh, they we, we just work and hire them. And I, we, we made a few mistakes, but mostly... We we just had some great guys. So we had a great esprit de corps, a lot of a lot of teamwork. We had a basketball court, you know, in the middle of our office, and so a lot of guys play. And then you really find out about somebody when you're you're banging for rebounds and, and trying to uh, <laughs> trying to you know I, I I I wish I could say they, they just I got fouled like everybody else. It's a minute, I'm the boss.
1: No, no no, that game was we we had some spirited games, many times. So this year, uh, I'm guessing due to numerous injuries, uh, illnesses, and, and for whatever reasons, I somehow made the cut to. to, uh, uh, <laughs> to well, <laughs> you've been on the radar
0: for a long time, but uh, you came to our hobby dinner last January, and uh, we'll do that again. We'll get we'll, we'll see. Based on this podcast, that was uh, part of the genesis of this podcast of just realizing that uh, I don't really want to write an autobiography or do a, a book. I don't because I'd be editing it. I want to just. You know, talk to my friends uh, over this podcast medium, and uh, and and have uh, enjoyable conversations like today. We're pretty close to the end. Okay, oh, and I appreciate your candid questions, Mike. We'll do it again. We may not do this exact format, but we'll talk again. I especially want to give you an opportunity to share some of your wisdom with uh, what's going on in card shops, uh, which again I think is important, an important aspect of the health of the of our hobby that we love so much. So,
1: thank you. Thanks, Mike. This is a, this has been my pleasure. Mine too.